Heavenly Father, we thank you for this offer. We pray that you would bless it, abuse it, and multiply it to go above and beyond your need. We give this to you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. At this time, our children can be released for our Sunday school down below, fellowship area. Have any of you ever been afraid to volunteer for something because you're afraid of making a mistake? I make mistakes all the time. So, um, If that's what's holding you back, just watch my example and uh, love to have you help out. Okay? Well, my message today is entitled, What Have You Forsaken? It's going to be uh, uh, the Gospel of Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 1. It says, So it was as the multitude pressed about Jesus to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. The multitude pressed about Jesus to hear the word of God. This is a necessary precursor for us to receive from the Lord. We don't just turn to Jesus. We need to press into Him. But in order to do this, we need to leave our desires and our logic and our way and our will behind. We need to realize that Jesus is the only answer. He is the only truth and He is the only life. That's what our Bible states. We need to understand that He has the answer for all that we need. He is our light in the darkness. He is our peace in the storm. He is the strong tower to which we run. In fact, the Bible says it this way in Psalm 18, verse 2, which happens to be our memory verse for this week when Alan's not going to be here. Um, so if you could put that in your memory banks, um, otherwise Nancy will have to be the standby, um, and she would love to be standing with many of you. Um, so Psalm 18.2, great memory verse. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust. It's, God is someone we can run to when all else is lost, when all things are confused, and the whole world is shaking, but God is immovable. And because He is our fortress, our strong tower, we are to continue to run to Him. When we press into Jesus, we allow the truth of the Word of God to penetrate to the depths of our hearts, to every portion of our souls, and to the fullness of our minds. In fact, it's the only way that we can fulfill the greatest commandment that Jesus spoke about. That is to love the Lord our God with all of our heart and mind and soul and strength. The only way this happens is to forsake all and to press into Jesus. I'd ask you today, are you pressing in to hear the Word of God? Are you pressing in to Jesus? That's the question that He speaks to us even today. Are you coming expecting Him to touch your heart, to challenge your mind, and to encourage your soul? Are you expecting Him to speak directly to you today? In other words, is your hook baited? If you've ever gone fishing, you realize that the way to catch the most fish is to make sure you have bait on your hook. Amen? 
Sometimes you're out there for a while and there's no action for a while and you wonder what's going on and you reel in your line and you realize you lost the bait on your hook. So you've been sitting there waiting for a big catch and you're wasting your time because there's no bait on your hook. You lost your bait. Do you know that pressing into Jesus is like having your hook baited? When you come to church simply because it's church or because it's that time or because it's what you always do on Sundays, then your hook is not baited. But when you come to church because you are expecting the Holy Spirit to move powerfully and for God to speak directly to you, then you have your hook baited and you are ready. When you begin your day hoping that you will make it through the day and hoping that others will be kind to you today, you do not have your hook baited. But when you begin your day with prayer and reading the Bible and asking Jesus to encourage you throughout the day with His presence and His living Word, and you ask God to give you opportunities to share Jesus with others, your hook is baited. And you could expect to catch many blessings. When you come to Jesus because someone else convinced you or because you want to try something new, your hook is not baited and you are not ready. But when you come to Jesus because the Holy Spirit has convicted you like He's convicted all of us, that you have sinned, that you have fallen short of the grace of God, and you are in need of forgiveness. When you come to Jesus in complete desperation, believing that He is your personal answer to what has been missing in your life and what has been ailing you for so long, that He fills that hole in your heart that nothing else can fill, then your hook is baited. And you can expect a mighty tug on the line and a life-changing salvation. When you seek Jesus desperately, He answers in a powerful way. Can anybody else attest to that in their lives? Amen. Amen. That's the power of Jesus when we come to Him ready. This is how God expects us to come to Him. We are not to come to Him in a nonchalant, routine fashion. We are to come to Him pressing in like we have been waiting for a long time and we can no longer wait. We can no longer hold back the excitement or the anticipation. I want God. And we're ready. Are you ready today to have God speak to you? Amen. That should be our heart's cry. In our passage today, Jesus is teaching us that we need to come to Him expecting and believing that our life will be different when we obey Jesus and promptly Allow Him to direct our paths. We continue. Luke chapter 5, verse 2. He saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Jesus was always aware of His surroundings and always looking for and expecting to take advantage of opportunities around Him. In fact, this is one thing that can revolutionize your life if you seek to become more aware of your surroundings. Believing that God has placed certain people and certain things around you to assist you in your walk and to help magnify His message to you and through you for His glory. We are glad that God brought us up here at Roscommon. But we are also thankful for the friends that God has put around us right here to encourage us and that we can serve together. We need to be aware and keep our eyes on our surroundings. Keep our eyes open, expecting God to give us opportunities that we will be used by Him in mighty ways in all environments. Luke 5, verse 3. 
Then Jesus got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. Jesus took advantage of Simon's boat. He sat in it and he continued to teach the multitudes. While the crowds were pressing into him, Jesus extended his teaching by creating a little space. The pressure of all the crowds pushing into Jesus with his back up against the, the lake, the pressure didn't cause him to get frustrated or quit. He just knew that he needed some space to continue to serve others. If there's one thing we can learn from this verse right here, from Jesus, it is the importance of setting boundaries. There are many people who get burned out serving others in the community and doing ministry because they fail to set boundaries with others. They may think they have to do whatever is asked of them in ministry, even at the risk of their own emotional health or their own marriage or their own personal obligations or limits. Yet Jesus never said that we need to burn ourselves out by responding to every need that is asked of us. We have to forsake the thought that we will only be appreciated and respected if we make everyone happy and respond to every request as soon as it is asked. Let me tell you some biblical truth. Matthew 5.37. Jesus says this. He says, Let your yes be yes and your no, no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Listen, if Jesus never wanted us to say no in ministry, He would have said, Let your yes be yes and let your no be yes. My version doesn't say that. He made it clear that we should be confident in setting boundaries by being able to say no when it is needed as well. Now, my wife and I both absolutely love and adore this church. We love the people here. But there are times when we each need a break and we need to recharge our batteries, as I did last weekend, and time to get refueled again. We appreciate you very much letting us set our boundaries so that we can, in, in the future, continue to serve even more when we've taken time to fill ourselves up and be even more effective in ministry. In fact, the truth of the matter is that all of us need a time of rest at times to be filled back up again. Let me show you this truth in Psalm 23, verse 5. It says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. This is what happens when we spend time with God. Just spending time in His presence. Letting, letting the, whether it's out in the woods or out with family or just, just spending time just to rest. And God fills us back up. These are the promises we have from the Lord when we spend time with Him. But understand that if we're going to give to people, it's out of the overflow of the cup that we give to others. If our cups are running low, or empty because we're burnt out and tired and always given to others, and continuing to try to serve others, we end up giving out of our lack. Many good ministers, many good servants and Christians get burned out because they're giving out of their lack instead of taking time to set healthy boundaries and getting filled back up again. We all need to take time for ourselves for God to fill us back up again. It's not selfish. It's being responsible and being a good steward for the time that God has given us. When you take the time in God's presence to be filled with His Word and worship Him through prayer and meditations, 
God promises to fill your cup so that it starts to run over. And it's out of that overflow that we pour into the lives of others. Let's follow Jesus' lead and set healthy boundaries with others so we can continue to serve one another and advance the kingdom of God. Luke 5, verse 4. When Jesus had stopped speaking, He said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. When Jesus was done teaching the crowds, He turned His teaching to His friend, Simon Peter, for a personal lesson. It's something that we need to see about Jesus. Just because you leave church today or you leave Bible study, it doesn't mean Jesus has finished teaching you. He just turns the lesson personal to each one of you. Maybe something that happened, maybe a word that came up, He's going to continue to speak to you. He's the gift that continues to give. It simply means that Jesus is going to continue with each of us personally. He is always with us, always teaching us, always speaking to us, always encouraging us to trust Him and press into Him. Why? Because there's other voices around us that are always speaking to us as well. You know what voices I'm talking about? Those voices of condemnation that you're not good enough. Those voices of discouragement that you should give up. Those voices that the whole world is against, against you. Those voices that no one even cares about you. And that's why Jesus continues to speak to each one of us. He's always teaching us. He's always encouraging us. He's always inviting us to come closer to Him. We need to spend time with Him. When we understand this truth, we give room for the Holy Spirit to guide our steps and our conversations and our plans. Luke 5, verse 5. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. What an interesting exchange this is as Jesus commands Simon to launch out into the deep and let down his nets for a catch. Now notice that Jesus does not say, launch out again. He simply says, launch out. What's the difference? Well, Simon responds as if Jesus says, do it again. Which is why Simon initially hesitates and doubts. Yet the truth of the matter is that many times we do things because we feel like we're doing things for God but these are not the things that God has commanded us to do. Consequently, when things don't go well for us, we often have a tendency to doubt God. Doing things for God is much different than doing things with God. When we take the time in prayer each day and ask God to speak to us and direct our prayers, we have different results than when we simply think that we are doing things for God. Jesus doesn't just tell Simon to do something again. He tells Simon to obey his word. It is the power of the spoken word of Jesus that brings the results. It is not the things we do, but rather the way in which we obey Jesus in what he calls us to do. There will always be people looking for a formula on how to obtain blessings. But the truth is that God simply asks us to come to him, to pray to him, to commune with him and hear what he says to each of us at any given moment. Our strength and our direction does not come from a book of sayings. It comes from the living Word of God. It comes from a vibrant prayer life and giving God time and opportunity to speak to us in our meditations. 
And regardless of whether or not we've tried something on our own before, when we follow His Word and His leading, we can trust that He will deliver, as He did in this passage here. Luke 5, verse 6, When they had done this, when they had launched out into the deep, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. When they had trusted Jesus instead of their own logic, they were overwhelmed by God's blessing. Simon realized that he had to forsake his pride before God could bless him. God can't fill a bucket if it is full with pride or doubt or sin. Therefore, before we can launch into the deep, into the unknown and in the pursuit of God and His kingdom, we have to forsake all. What is it in your life, in our life, that are holding us back from receiving all that God wants to have? Luke 5, verse 7. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Listen, Jesus wanted to make it obvious that He will completely take care of us when we trust Him. You know what I'm talking We pray, God, I pray for this, but if it doesn't happen, I have this backup plan. God says, I want you to forsake it all. I am your answer. Are you willing to forsake all and completely trust that God has your answer and He will take care of you all the way through it? Jesus did so much more than just meet Simon's expectations of a successful catch of the fish. Jesus went over the top. It's this truth in Scripture, a great verse, Ephesians 3.20. Ephesians 3.20 tells us that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. This is the truth that Jesus wants us to know and to remember. When we trust Him by faith, even if we don't understand it, especially if we don't understand it, when we trust Him by faith, the, and faith is the power that works in us, we trust Him by faith, He will more than meet our needs, including our emotional needs, including our relational and our spiritual needs. But we need to trust Him and obey Him promptly. We need to forsake our doubts and follow Him. Luke 5, verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. This is how you know when God is working on someone's heart. Simon Peter was not seeking after the things of the flesh. If he was, he would be hooting and hollering and celebrating this huge catch. But instead, he was humbled by his own lack of faith in the words of Jesus. When God humbles you, it is a sign that your flesh is dying to make room for more of God's Spirit in your life. We've talked about this before regarding the flesh dying. This is a necessary part of sanctification. Sanctification is where God, you commit to God and God sets you apart and He begins to put you through things to, see, to draw you closer to Him. To let the things of this world fall off of you so that you can be filled more and more with His Spirit. It is in this part of sanctification where God humbles us to allow His Spirit to make deeper inroads into our lives so that our faith is not just in words spoken but in actions that, that we continue to live. Let us take note of the humbling and the sanctification process. Simon Peter humbled himself at the point of his conviction. It's what God desires to do 
in all of us. Verse 9, For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish which, had taken, which they had taken. Jesus had to get their attention. Why does God do some of the things? Why does God allow some of the things to happen in our lives? Because God needs to get our attention. We know how much our attention is fought over by the world and all the stuff that's going on. And sometimes God allows things to happen to get our attention and to focus on Him. Jesus had to get their attention. And so He began with something that they already, that already had their attention. Fishing. Jesus begins with an area where Simon Peter and his friends think they already know what there is to know about fishing. And Jesus blows their confidence out of the water. Now if Jesus can revolutionize our thinking in an area where we think we're pretty knowledgeable or comfortable, how much more can He completely change our attitude and our confidence and our approach and our willingness to trust Him in His kingdom work in the world today? God needs us in the world today. Not just here. This is where we come to love on God. But out there where people need light. They need hope. They need an answer. The world does not have the answer. The answer is Jesus. God needs us to press into Him so that we can reflect that love out there as well. Luke 5, verse 10. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Simon Peter has been humbled by an overwhelming blessing. And now in the same way that a fisherman sets the hook, Jesus now sets the purpose for His disciples and all who would come after them. Our purpose is not about fishing or making money or selling cheese boxes or getting every ounce of entertainment out of life for ourselves. Our purpose as followers of Jesus is to spread the Gospel by teaching the truths of God's Word, by living an authentic life and honoring God, by demonstrating forgiveness, by extending grace and mercy to others. That is what our Gospel proclaims. By living an authentic life, helping to bring people to Jesus so they can experience this life-changing gift as well. Verse 11, so when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed Him. Simon Peter and his friends knew there was no doubt in their newly given purpose. They were just beginning. But now they had great reason to believe their lives would never be the same. They understood the power in obeying Jesus at His Word and knew the world could not compare with the blessings of following the Lord. So, they forsook all. They left the pride. They left the doubt. Sure, it would creep up at times, but that's why God gives us His grace. They forsook all to go and follow Jesus. Chasing the things of the world would no longer be their master. They had decided to follow Jesus. There is no turning back. God asks each of us today to evaluate what we are doing and what or who we are following. What has your attention? What do you need to forsake and leave behind this day 
in order to follow Jesus in the way that you know He wants you to do. May we all be humbled by His grace as He sanctifies us and sets our purpose to glorify God and advance His kingdom in the earth. Amen?